It's a residency at the House of M's. This is Triple M Nights with Dave Gleeson. He's one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time. And as a frontman, he made sure the angst of the 90s never died. One frontman to another. Triple M smiling politely as we meet Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins. On Triple M Nights with Dave Gleeson. Well, the Smashing Pumpkins, Jane's Addiction, Amel and the Sniffers, Battlesnake, they are on tour in Australia right now. What a bill. I mean, we've seen some big bills lately, but a bill like this, it's alternative rock at its best, and it doesn't get much better than that. Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins joins us. Billy, how does it feel? I love it. I love it. I love I love true alternative music shows, you know? Um I feel like there's a deficit of that in the world right now. Um, I understand why the big, big festivals have gone real pop. Um, It's a business, and I get that. But I do think that kids in particular deserve to go see true alternative music festivals. They need to see what that feels like, and they need to see people who actually represent a truly alternative way of thinking, living, being, creating. It's very, very important. Absolutely, and and the thing is, when you uh, when when the Smashing Pumpkins first took off, um, there was you know the grunge thing was going on. It was all that had even become like uh, pop music as far as the mainstream was concerned. Um, so yeah. so for you to stick to your guns and say, well, this is I'm just going to do the music I want to do. It must be very satisfying to have uh, to have made such a massive uh, impact on the scene. It is satisfying. Um, I mean, I would like to tell you that I that I had other choices, but there were times <laughs> where the way that I, the way I looked, the way I talked or walked was limiting to um, our musical uh, aspirations. But you know, you can make the same argument about Robert Smith or Perry Farrell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what makes people uh, that I idolize, you know, legendary is the fact that they took whoever they were and they made the best out of it. They made gold out of it. So every person who told Perry Farrell, you can't do it, or you're not this, you're not that, or you don't look like the guy on television, he said, to heck with that. I am a rock star. I am going to be me, and I'm going to prove all you wrong on every level. And he did. I think there's something magical about that. That it's more, it's more akin to the human spirit. It's like I grew up with a a special needs brother. And when my brother was born, uh, we were told as a family, he will never walk or talk. You should just put him in a state home and literally walk away. And my brother's worked now for over probably almost 30 years. Uh, He lives on his own. He's had a very, you know, good life. Mm -hmm. I, I just think there's something. Magical when you when so, when somebody can demonstrate to you know what you thought about me or who you think I am isn't true and here's who I really am. Um, I think it's very important and obviously that extends beyond just music. It's, it goes into culture. It goes into uh, sexuality. It goes into everything. It goes into who you love. Um, I think it's important to demonstrate like, hey, I'm okay with who I am and and I don't need a special favor. I just this is who I am. Yeah, so mate, I actually have a special needs brother as well, and uh, he's adopted. We adopted him uh, because no one uh, wanted to take on the responsibility, and we were told exactly the same thing. You know, he'll never be able to communicate, never be able to walk, and and the human spirit, as you say, is uh, much stronger than people give it credit for. It's it's a miracle when you see it, like we have, 
And then, you know, in, 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 in our case with the band, you know, we, we had everybody tell us, can't sell records, you can't be successful, you're too this, you're too that. And not only did we prove them wrong on all those fronts, but then after we blew the band up, somehow years later, we decided to put the pieces back together and go back to working and repaired our relationships. And, and now it's a very happy time. So even that on its own merit is is magical, mm. you know, that you can have for, you can you can move on. You can you can you don't always have to like everything that happens. And but like, hey, this is this is. This is my brother in arms, you know. In the case of James, we started my dad's bedroom 35 years ago. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, Jimmy Jimmy was originally just supposed to be a guy who was going to come on and play a couple gigs because we needed to play some gigs. We just grabbed this guy who could play drums, you know. And now here I am 35 years later in the studio with Jimmy Chamberlain beating beating the hell out of a drum kit, you know, pretty much better than anybody in the world can, and I get a front row seat to watch this this magician, you know, do his do his stuff. It's it's awesome. And and that must have been, as you say, there was there was a falling out and all that stuff. But um, what what, what do they bring? <laughs> you, you think <laughs> there's been a lot of fallings out. <laughs> I've only read stuff, read stuff, not confirmed. Um, but to to bring those guys back into the band, as you say, it must feel like a, you know each other so intimately. You've all been through stuff over the last thirty five years. It must be really a, a great family to be in. It is because I think we learned that. There's nothing there you can take for granted. And that's not to say that anybody's walking on eggshells, but you just say, look, the thing that we had when we were young and we didn't know what we had, now we realize it was actually pretty miraculous that four people could come together and do what we did and make the music that we did and have that kind of success so young. So I think it gives us a sense of like, hey, if I look over and I see James to my left and Jimmy behind me, and, you know, Jeff's been in the band now 14 years. You know, I don't take those things for granted. Um, now, do you think uh, that you guys paving your own path, as you did, kind of set you up for all the changes that have happened, especially in the last 20 years, 15, 20 years? Do you think because you were already rowing your own boat that it didn't kind of, you were like, okay, what do we do next? How do we use this kind of the new medium? Well, I think it starts with, let's look at the album Autumn, which is coming out mm -hmm. now. We, we were in a situation where we were with a record label and, and the record label didn't really like the record. Now, if, if it was 20 years ago, we would have freaked out and ran around and had a bunch of meetings and we just eventually made the decision, okay, we're just going to put it out ourselves. You know what I mean? We're in a position where like, and, you, and people are cool enough now to go, oh, that's cool. You're putting out your own record. 20 years ago it was seen as a sign of weakness mm. or... Nobody cares. Right now in America, I mean, this is the most radio success we've had in 20 years. And we're putting out our own music. I mean, crazy. That's like, that's not supposed to happen. Um, so, you know, it's the erosion of the gatekeepers. It's the erosion of it's got to be done this way. And if you're not on this television show, you don't matter. And that's all gone. Um, and at the end of the day, the thing I would say about it, in it, in it and I, I don't mean it to be self-serving, is at the end of the day, it's actually better for the fans that music is free. And I don't mean free like you don't have to pay for it. Meaning, if, if, a, if a young artist wants to get you their music, they can get you their music. Yeah, uh, People are starting to realize how powerful that is. That the old thing of like, well, if you don't pay five bucks or whatever, you can't have the song. Now people are begging you, just 
press play, please click, you know, because because it's it's the it's the relationship of, of, of artist to listener that is the most valuable thing. And as you as somebody who works in radio knows and I grew up loving radio and I still love radio. It's such a powerful medium when you're in the right moment at the right day, whether somebody broke your heart or you just fell in love or, you know, you just graduated or whatever. And you hear that right song, that song will be with you forever. That's what makes what we do so magical. Mm. Right. Um, and now that you see this ability of the artists to navigate and do their own thing, have your own music festival, be able to put out your own music. I mean, it's 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 a great time. Is it a little bit daunting curating a music festival when bloody Perry Farrell, who came up with Lollapalooza, <laughs> is on the bill? <laughs> Let me take you back. I, I can't get into the specifics of the meeting, but I will give you, uh, as we say, a little inside baseball. So the original lineup for Lollapalooza 1994 was supposed to be Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, and the Beastie Boys, and then everyone else who was on the bill. Mm-hmm. The Breeder. George Clinton, Green Day was on that bill. Great, great bill. Well, Nirvana had dropped out of it. And so we were put in the position of like, they were like, okay, you guys are going to headline now. And then so it would be you guys and the Beasties. So I actually had to go to a meeting in Los Angeles. And I knew Perry a little bit, just a little bit. Perry and I go back to that meeting of talking about Lollapalooza in 94, you know, about the business side of, of, of the equation for us at that time. Um, and I'd met Perry in like, I think, 91 when we were on tour and, and he and Dave uh, came to see us play. And we'd opened for Jane's in 88. So Perry and I go way, way back on like a lot of different levels, you know. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, now, the fact that you're bringing out the three albums in the autumn cycle, rock opera and three acts that would have been frowned upon by record companies and i'm thinking probably bringing out melancholy and the infinite sadness a double album would have been like what are you doing people don't do double albums anymore yeah well they told me not to do a double album in 95 (laughs) told me not to do a triple album in 2023 and that's work so um i'm not saying it always would work it's i think here's what i would say If, if you're if you're a fan from the outside or if you're just somebody who's just interested in what i'm saying if a band is willing to go in and make that level of commitment, that is at least an indicator that the band is motivated. The band really wants to do something and they really want to share that with you. They have a lot to say, like not all long movies are boring. Chill. Some are, some aren't, <laughs> and some are classics, right? But the, but the indicator is that the band is, you know, to make, a, to make a single album, let's say a 10, 12 song album like you, everybody made in the 90s, that album. Mm-hmm. That's still a good six months of your life. I worked on Autumn for two years. Wow. <laughs> right? So that at least shows you like, hey, I'm 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 really in on this this. I really want I have something I want to say. And I appreciate if you give me the time to listen to it. And if you don't, well, you know, somewhere along the lines, hope you cross path. You don't have to get too caught up in the time frame, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yep. But I do think by and large, people respond to passion. There's something beautiful about passion. And like we were talking about having special needs brothers, you you know as well as I do, if you grow up around special needs people, passion is the most defining factor of people in the special needs community. Mm. And sometimes, in fact, oftentimes, special needs people will put uh, other people to shame because they they come at life hard. They they're going They're going full tilt because that's the lane that they have to choose. They have to fight. They have to. They have to get through to the next day. Mm. 
but there's something beautiful about passion. And I think people, when they feel passion in the air, maybe it's, I don't know, it's hard to say it's a felt sense. I think they tend to respond. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, and, and, and for you, um, listening to your music as I have over the, uh, over the decades, um, it seems like your influences come from just myriad places. It's, <laughs> it's cinematic, it's operatic, it's, uh, it's, it's so kind of multidimensional. Is that something that you kind of keep, uh, keep burning inside you, that need to discover new stuff? Love it. Yeah, yeah I love it. Today, today, Jimmy and I are working on a, in a song in the studio, and um, it had a little bit of a kraut rock thing to it, and it had a little bit of a cheap, rock, cheap trick thing to it. And if anybody knows cheap tricks... Some of our heroes from Very Chicago. Very close to your heart, absolutely. But imagine a weird mixture of like Cheap Trick and Crow Rock, right? <laughs> so we, we we did a demo of the song and then we listened to it. And Jimmy looked at me and said, "If this song has a chance, it's the Crow Rock thing." So here, I mean, here's Jimmy Chamberlain, right? He can play anything under the sun, the most complicated drum patterns in the world. And what's he playing like? Seventy-four Crow Rock, right? And so the fact that we even know Crow Rock. Here's one for you. Do you know the band Brain Salad? Brain Salad, no. I'm pretty sure that's the name of the band. It might, it might actually, it might be called Brain Damage. That's what Brain Damage. Right. Okay. Brain Damage. For anybody, yeah. look up Brain Damage. There's a there's like an eight minute clip of them jamming on a German television show like Circa '74. It's one of the greatest live clips you will ever watch in your life. And they're they're loosely classified into kraut rock. So it's like it's like stuff like that that we take pleasure. Like how can we fit kraut rock? <laughs> damage into into smashing pumpkins music so yes to answer your question faithfully excellent mate well billy thank you so much for your time mate we cannot wait to see you here with the uh, world is a vampire festival uh there are people in australia absolutely frothing at the mouth um and uh, we love this the single big old uh, we're getting such great feedback on it and uh can't wait for the next installment of autumn to uh make it to our ears awesome. Nice talking to you, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Billy. Cheers, mate. For all the latest rock news, interviews and backstage experiences, don't forget to subscribe to Triple M Rock on the Listener app.